I really love listening to other people's stories. I really love getting on line with uh, practitioners and people who are sharing the good things of God. Ordinary people doing amazing things. A few weeks ago, uh, in one of those podcasts, someone asked me, well, who's going to interview you? And I was a little bit reluctant, to be honest, because uh, who wants to listen to myself uh, talking? No one likes to listen to their own voice, really. Um, but uh, last week, I had the privilege of uh, being online with a, a group of Indian leaders um, and others from Europe that were uh, wrestling with movements, and some of them uh, have been uh, really seeing some great things happen. But they asked me to share, and I had the privilege of just sharing our journey and some of the things that we've been learning. Victor Chowdhury, Uncle Victor, I call him, uh, did an interview with me that lasted for uh, about an hour and a half, which we've divided into two podcasts and uh, just presenting. It's great, and it was a privilege and an honor to be fellowshipping with uh, those those guys who are leading great things in, in God in India, but also to be able to share some of the things that we've been learning. I hope that you feel really encouraged as you listen to an interview of myself with Uncle Victor. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for keeping awake till one o'clock yeah. night to this really is a great time. Dave, can you tell us something about your background and your encounter with Jesus? Mm. Uh, I was um, born in Papua New Guinea. Dad was a Bible translator oh. um, in a in a um, uh, an island called the Trobian Islands, and um, he spent fifty years devoting himself to uh, translating the Bible, which he completed a a, a full Bible there. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back to Australia. Um, and uh, went off the rails and uh, really uh, by the time I was 17 I was um, living outside of mum and dad's house they didn't know what had happened to their son and um, I was uh, on some on drugs and uh, but they had this uh, power encounter with Jesus in my bedroom and um, which radically changed me. A year later, I was serving serving Jesus in mission, uh-huh. and um, eventually uh, met my wife there, of which we have two children. And um, eventually ended up in the nineties um, uh, serving in India, which is uh, where I first met Uncle Victor, and I uh, had the privilege of seeing the spark of movements. We were there as students, really, in India and um, and learning so much uh, there. From from there, we carried, without realising what we'd learnt, we carried a deposit back into Australia and uh, working a, a, in a pastoral team of a, a mega church here in Australia, church planting. We, we came to learn and we, we learnt all the, all the things that we shouldn't learn and then had to relearn by going back to India, uh, seeing uh, multiplying movements, seeing what we experienced in a very grassroots, organic way, as well as um, staying in touch with people like uh, Uncle Victor here and um, and learning from from movements in the non-West, which we kind of applied uh, yeah, here in my, Australia. My son, Abhishek, youngest son, attended your YVM session for a... Whole nine months in Bombay. Now, yeah, 
And I see a map of India right in your background over there. That's good to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he went back and joined the Baptist Church in Australia after that. And then, Correct. And you probably found out that, you know, you don't have to wait for the people to come to the church. The church must go to the people. I think that's what motivated you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we um, we uh, we we came back in from a um, uh, just this uh, very very powerful experience in India, and where we just saw people um, uh, coming to Christ and then multiplying very quickly in 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 small groups around us. Mm-hmm. As well as that, um, being on the edges of some which some movements which are now really large in India, um, and coming back from there, which was a hot house spiritually, in, in which we were students, back into the very organised professional church. I remember preaching in the first Sunday to thousands, and and um, really it was from drinking chai in a slum and looking at people to looking at the clock at the back saying, we have to finish right on this minute and this the, the run sheet. And it was like two different planets, really. And from there, we, we, were, we were asked to plant 10 churches in 10 years, in which we did. But by the 10th church, we, we just, I said, never again. We had to go back into movements and we we really learned some things that what church is not um and through that uh experience um from church is not singing stage and sermons Mm. church is not um an institution primarily church is not about um uh the many things that are presumed in the western environment uh, and we really had to go back to the roots and there was a whole reshaping for us Um, with the with the foil of movements, but the gospels themselves, yeah, and, and then the early church, mm-hmm. and um, it it really reshaped us, and um, yeah, here, here we are. Yeah. So, Dave, what is your core ministry now? We, uh, do you mean organizationally, or what do we do? Uh, what you know? What what do you what do you do? <laughs> what what, do you, yeah. what what is your focus basically? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we focus on making disciples that multiply, yeah. and so we um, um, uh, have four fundamental activities that we we focus on fiercely. One is uh, uh, prayer, mm-hmm. and um, we 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 focus um, uh, on. Uh, developing teams that pray, leaders that pray, multiplying prayer, and and uh, just uh, I think that's uh, one thing that the church in Australia. Let me just say the church in Australia, but let's maybe Western church. It's a prayerless church. Um, there is a there is a lack of spiritual passion. You you don't come close to the heat of where God is working. So. Um, we had to jump into the harvest and and start there, which normal church planning strategies, although sounds like it focuses on the harvest, is not focused on the harvest. They're reproducing the program, which they go into another suburb and they reproduce the Sunday service, which has the 
the, the speaking, the teaching, the, the kids' service, the worship, etc. When you when you when you really refocus onto the harvest, you really actually have to enter into a community, and you have to go slow so that you encounter a relational network, and and you start there. And uh, so starting within a within a oikos kind of concept, and you, you're finding. Where is where is their spiritual hunger, and you establishing communities? This is um, this is really different because um, normally the the metrics of success in church planting works in in the West is really how quickly can you plant a church of many hundreds, if not a thousand, yeah. or or more within a short period of time, and yet yet. Um, I remember meeting with some people within a few years that planted some pastors had planted a church of about 700 people, which is really large for our context. Um, and, and they sat down and said, we've planted this church. And I said, wow, that's amazing. That's fantastic. They said, but we've seen no one, not one person saved. So I said, oh, so you mean the church is planted is basically Christians transferring to the next best program. There's no, there's not mission. It's transplanting. It's not church planting. Yeah. And so really had to relearn how to engage in the harvest and, and walking into an environment, which means households, uh, which means uh, the, the church is planted with five or ten people yeah. uh, from the harvest and coming to Christ yeah. and then from there multiplying generationally, not trying to build a program. Yeah. And... Um, um, so that's the second thing uh, we we form um, we focus on making disciples. So um, um, we focus really on uh, we've picked up the the DMM focus on discovery Bible studies and how we how we um, see um, see groups go through the word through a discipleship pathway that's applicable for them. And so we have scripture lists that's. Um, Develop for that for that people group, whether they're Muslim people, uh, Sikhs from India, uh, white Anglo Aussies um, who are who are by far the ones who have walked away from the church, you know, in Australia. Um, if you took out the immigrant communities of Australia, um, our church would be decimated, absolutely decimated, because because the white Australians have walked away from church. Oh. They they don't like church. Yeah. The biggest barrier in our culture is that a mistrust of church. Mm-hmm. They don't like it, and um, so so we have to have. To, they're actually remarkably open to Jesus, but remarkably co- close to religion and church. Very very skeptical, especially the the um, the Anglo kind of uh, background people. Um, so we we develop discipleship pathways for encounter with Jesus, and then plant churches, and then we focus on multiplying leaders. Um, uh, how we how we do that? So yeah, yeah. That's so, a, that's kind of a summary of what we do. Yeah, can you uh, repeat in short a few words the same? All those four things you said. Uh, prayer. Yep. Harvest engagement going. Yeah. Making disciples. Yeah. Multiplication of workers. Uh, for day for prayer for you prayer doesn't mean just haphazard it's a very targeted prayer you pray you pray for the laborers you pray for the disciples you yeah. pray for multiplication yeah. of churches you pray for yeah. harvest yeah. you yeah. know and you pray for multiplication it's a very 
You used but, to run that uh, 5.30 a.m. Uh, prayer meeting at one stage. Uh, yeah, we, we measure prayer and we talk about prayer. And prayer is the substance. And I think the difference is in, in, in church life, uh, prayer is often pastoral prayer. Yeah. So how are we praying for, for the people in the church? We focus on harvest-based prayer that's really focused on uh, how, we, how we target regions or people's uh, apostolic kind of fervor where we're saying nothing's happening there. How do we go into that area yeah. and how do we see that open up for the gospel? Uh, how we see workers released for that area? And um, um, look, compared to the numbers that you see in India, we're small fry. It's really small. But for us in Australia, it's exciting what we're seeing. And uh, I think there's, um, we're, we're praying on average 24-7 prayer about five to seven hours every hour, uh, five to seven people every hour of every, every 24-7. So that's about a, over a 1,000 hours per week yeah. uh, of prayer that we're praying. But harvest-based uh, we're in the middle of 40 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. Um, it's something we learn from the non-Western church, really, uh, how to fast. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's great. It's awesome. But prayer is, is very much um, um, something that the Western church has to rediscover, not just in, in talking but in doing. And, um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Australian fasting, that is news because uh, we always think Australians as people with beef steak and ch- lamb chops <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> You're so right. And we're so carnal, brother. <laughs> we're, we're people of the flesh down under. We, we love our good lifestyle. We just want to live, live well. And um, sacrifice is not part of our, our ideals. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Dave, uh, you know, you focus not so much on an in- individuals, rather relational networks, uh, mm. and you try and reach, commu- engage communities and households and so on. Yeah. When we're, we're focusing on the harvest, we're, we're really walking in to find a group of people, not an individual. So for us, uh, I think one of the big mistakes is people look at DMM in the West, and they say, there's a good evangelism strategy. How can I find one person and read the Bible with that person? Yeah. Um, and f- that's a big mistake, really. You, you've, you've, got to, you've got to start with groups, and you've got to find insiders, and you've, you really focus fiercely on developing groups. Groups is what will establish itself as the church. Groups uh, will multiply. If you reach individuals, they won't. It's will be more like extraction evangelism and you isolate that individual from their community, but groups uh, will naturally gel and multiply. Um, So where we see groups being planted, we see multiplication generationally, but where we see um, individuals just being reached, it often stops there because um, it just doesn't um, multiply into groups. So groups um, that belong together, um, either relationally or by trade or by um, where they're spending time, is is the key. And, of course, this is we see this in uh, what we learn from in India as well. Yeah. 
A lot of this uh, you discovered from the Discovery Bible uh, study, David Watson's, and uh, mm -hmm. that you've been using as a, as, a, as, a, as a method for reaching communities, isn't it? Correct. We, um, we, uh, the, the learns from movements in India was what, and the focus on discipleship was our first big learns. And, and we, we, we learned that as we started to uh, really reflect on what was happening in movements in India. But then uh, we met Floyd McClung in South Africa, and Floyd um, went and visited him a number of times. And I knew Floyd from many years ago, decades ago, and um, uh, he, um, he poured into us, came and visited us. And uh, Floyd had been interacting with David Watson in the... In, and so then I met with David Watson in Africa, mm. and uh, and uh, David then came and, and spent a number of years, meaning visiting us over a period of time and uh, developing relationship with us and pouring into some of our leaders. Yeah. And um, uh, so so really, the discovery methodology was was um, very very key for us in a post. Christian culture um, where people had walked away from the church uh, we had to help people re-engage with the scriptures and the narrative of the gospels so we really had to help um, people go through the journey again um, it wasn't just walk up here's the evangelism strategy will you accept Christ and um, seeing that happen it was a, as a journey of recreating an understanding, a, a deep understanding of the gospel, and through that, groups could go. It was actually when I met with David and um, we started to apply this, it was kind of like the missing piece of the jigsaw for us because um, we went, this just works for our post-Christian culture. It just fits because uh, peer-based learning, everybody participating, um, not being not teaching and preaching, which people really react against, um, being able to empower everybody to discover was was um, quite powerful, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Dave, why do you think the Western soil is so hard? What happened? What went wrong? Mm. Was there a big mm. disconnect between the church and the people, or what happened? Huge, huge. I think uh, for the West, it's really... Um, if you if you look back in our history, um, the Second World War has probably caused a greater scar than we actually realise in our in our culture. And it was the children of that era that we went over in the, in the sixties. We kind of jumped this jumped this um, speed bump in our culture. We went over something that shifted everything to permissive sexuality, to uh, an abandonment of the church. Um, to um, just so many dynamics there. And from from that era, the children of the Second World War, which kind of threw off all restraint yeah. um, um, and abandoned themselves to, um, uh, yeah, so many different areas of, of darkness, really. Um, we see that the, the West has walked away from the church. Coupled with that, the highly institutional model of church. Mm. And, and I would say 
probably wet Europe and Australia are very similar. America is quite different, actually, um, from my observation. Uh, America is not the same as, as Europe and Australia um, because um, America is still quite churched. Um, um, there's a lot of religion, uh, religious language that's still there. They're m- more up the top of the slippery slide. We're right down the bottom here. Uh, so we're, we're um, maybe... Um, about six something percent of people would go to church. About three percent of that is Catholic. So we're about three percent going to church on a regular basis in an evangelical sense in Australia, and and um, uh, the the Anglo culture has really hardened their heart against the failures of the institutional church, the sex abuse in the church, the um, the um, we just see. In our news today, uh, Brian Houston has been has resigned from Hillsong because of moral failure. Um, just this just confirms for the Aussies and, and the bigger church, the smaller we get, the more mega churches there are. So because of the people running into these kind of places of security, many small churches closing down. But there's the rise of the mega church in a dying church environment because of the security and all that. So um, uh, we we see great problems in our in our Christian culture, um, and Christians need to be reached as well. Um, yeah, Dave, um, you know you, you believe that uh, multiplication of disciples is the key or the secret to multiplication of the churches in the kingdom of God. The multiplication of disciples. Is yeah, key. yeah. Without a doubt, one of the keys in our is is the idea of the empowerment of every every person, the empowerment of ordinary people, mm-hmm. and the moving away from professional Christianity to every believer mm-hmm. is able to, or every disciple, I should say, is really able to go and make more disciples, mm-hmm. and so multiplication. At its core is is what's got to take place, and so um, the more uh, prof- the biggest barrier we see to believers or Christians multiplying is um, the the professionalization of church, yeah. really, and and uh, the the biggest um, opportunity is to really remove that. Sometimes I I really want to um, shake things up because the um, the uh, when they when they start to realize that God has a plan for their lives <laughs> and wants to use them, and then they can multiply. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it can shake things up. So we are trying to um, really focus fiercely on the harvest. Out of the harvest, we will see the best multiplication yeah. uh, coming. And out of the harvest, we we want to empower people to then multiply within their contexts, yeah. um, which I think is brilliantly um, shown in movements around the world, um, places like India, etc., where where someone can take the the gospel to the next village, a mm-hmm. uh, housewife can go to the next village and start the next church yeah. uh, through a very simple methodology and the empowerment of every believer. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest barriers for us is that kind of professionalization of ministry in the West 
and the idea that, well, you know, you hear it all the time. I, I can't do that. I don't know enough. And and um, it, there's something profoundly wrong in in that kind of concept um, there. So the biggest um, the biggest uh, objective is to really flatten this out and empower everybody to mm. be able to share with others and to start more groups yeah. and to be able to. Um, uh, see see that happen in multiplication yeah. um, so that it's not um, not hierarchy or, or based around a personality yeah. but it's, it's based around uh, the work of the Holy Spirit and it's based around God's God's thrusting out workers for the harvest field um, so yeah okay Dave what are the core competencies uh, of the leaders uh, that multiplying and multipliers? that should be there, that, that we should seek for or we should develop into them for mm. competencies of leaders? <clears throat> Very simply boiled down to a disciple is someone who has had an encounter with God, some kind of power encounter. God has met with that person and they, they're having their lives changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, they, they know how to pray and hear from God. And so they, they, they are found in that place of prayer and they can hear from God and are able to obey God in, in that place of prayer. So God speaks and they go out and they start to obey God. Thirdly, they, they understand how to handle the word of God. And so, so the, the, word, the word of God, which is Jesus to us, becoming the living words, we obey the teachings of Jesus. Mm. Um, and so teaching everybody to be able to say, you can understand God's word and you can obey God's word and you can share God's word with other people that that that's a core competency of, of someone who's able to go and lastly uh, they're able to share uh, within their context within their burden within their harvest field they're able to go and share uh, with others and um, uh, being able to multiply but also we see very key um, key roles for example that that was the core competency of a role of a disciple who can then go plant a group. But then you get stream leaders who are, who are there, that their job is to then, then to be able to empower others to do that and create leaders. And then you have the key role of the catalyst kind of leader who's, who's able to then um, do all that, but catalyze different streams in different circles and so um, we, we kind of focus on the, the core competency of the disciple, um, um, the core competency of the group leader and those who oversee groups and then the, the catalyst-style leader who will, who will take a, a people group or a region or focus on Afghanis or focus on the many um, people groups we have in our context or region. Dave, you know, you go to the point where you emphasize that don't don't uh, focus so much on sinners' prayer and saving souls as much as obedience. Mm. Uh, Amen. From day one, you you insist that people should be taught obedience. Mm. A comment on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, without a doubt that is the the core transformational dynamic where we, we see that if somebody uh, is truly loving God, they will obey God. When Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me, and then I will send the Spirit and he will come and empower you. Um, and so the work, the work of obedience, 
love for God and the work of the Holy Spirit is so entwined there that it actually it actually brings transformation. Yeah. Um, without obedience, no transformation. Without obedience, no no church planting. Without obedience, no multiplication. Without obedience, no discipleship. Um, but but it's obedience with the work of the Holy Spirit in the context of an intimate relationship with God. That is um, that is um, so key. Um, it is it is the missing element, and um, for for us that we we pour into people. Uh, now we know that classically in churches, sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, no obedience. Everybody comes back the next Sunday and listens to the next sermon and has their ears tickled uh, by the, the the next. And so we fall in love with oratory. We fall in love with the. Uh, the speaker, we fall in love with the style, we fall in love with the presentation, but there's no opportunity for obedience. Yeah. But also we do that in DMM as well. We, I find people talking about disciple-making movements yeah. and they're not doing it. They actually become experts in movements, but none of them are planting groups and none of them are in the harvest and none of them are actually engaged with multiplication. So they become experts in a theory or, and, and sound like they've got the talk, but there's actually no, no uh, harvest engagement. So I'm always actually looking for not talking, but engagement. And, and uh, if somebody comes and says, I'd really like to get involved, by, I'm always looking at, so where are you involved in the harvest yeah. uh, sharing? Because without that, you will never get there. And so we have to have the obedience to the Great Commission mm. as core in, in all of this, that we, we are thrust into the harvest and we're making disciples where there are no disciples. Yeah. And, um, and um, yeah, so. Yeah, good. So, uh, Dave, what breakthroughs are you seeing in Melbourne and, and in other cities in Australia and other places? Um, it's, it's kind of like that parable that says, you know, you, the seed goes out and you stand back and you, then you look and it, it grows and you go, where did that come from? <laughs> and, and we are, we are if, you, if you encounter me today, I will say, oh, it's, it's kind of slow and hard work. If you encounter me as we look back over two months, we go, oh, we, there's, look at all that growth. And it's kingdom growth with the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I would love, actually, Uncle Victor, to be living in India. Because India, you kind of, it's just, it just goes. And we're coaching and working with a group in central India. And the last four to five years, they've grown from about a number of groups up to about 20,000 in, in four, four or five years, you know. And you go, simple principles, multiplying work. What a, what a great harvest field. But we all know that 40 years ago, some of these same harvest fields were, were the, the graveyard of missionaries, as it were. So there is seemingly a season in God, a, a timing in God where God wants to move in these nations. And so here in Australia, um, we're wanting to see the tide not go out but come in. And, and we're wanting to see not people walking away from Christ as if he was part of their history, but walking towards Christ as he's part of their future. And so we, we're kind of in this mission field where, you know, our brother from Slovenia, 
um, is there. And, and uh, I, I just, just know that's a hard mission field because of so many different contexts. But we when I, I was actually meeting from somewhere who's working in Serbia today, and they were just saying, nothing works. And I said, well, we've got to do something. Because <laughs> by saying nothing works, we go into passivity. Yeah. We have to engage, and we have to engage purposely where the harvest fields are, are not as responsive as places like India um, because uh, one day we want that tide to come in, and, and we have to soak with prayer, and we have to soak with engagement and apostolic kind of focus mm. that, that this will happen. So where do we see breakthroughs? It's slow. But it's growing. Um, it's it's like this the the seed that is growing, and it will take time. Um, and I have a deep passion for working with people in England and in Europe and in Australia. And um, um, I would love to be living in India because actually that's where you could go and write your books really quick because you you do something and it just goes fast. And and you know God is moving, but you know here in the West. Um, we, we're, God has got to do something in us and in the church. God has got to bring his knife out and, and bring his work deep in us um, to, to deal with some of these issues that we've been talking about and to engage with a, a culture that's somewhat unique, which is what I, is a post-Christian culture. Um, when you go to the average white Aussie, they, they think they know what the gospel is. They think they know what is the church. Yeah. You're running into these barriers that you're not encountering. So if a Hindu comes to our culture, they're much easier. A Muslim comes to our culture, they're much easier because those, those uh, barriers are not there. And, in fact, a lot of our fruitfulness is happening in the immigrant cultures um, coming into our land but not in the, in the Anglo cultures which are hardened. And so we have to really engage um, in that area. Mm. Dave, Australia is now as a pluralistic society, is a multicultural society. You don't have to go abroad to be a, 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 a ex- expat missionary. You can just go into your neighborhood and you can find Sudanese and, and <laughs> Vietnamese and Indians and Sikhs. Uh, yeah, you do a lot of work among Sikhs and others, isn't it? You're in yeah, area. yeah, and and. Um, um, the, the nations have come to our lands and they walk amongst us and we walk amongst them. And uh, it's a great privilege when we, we see um, many unreached people groups in our land and we're engaging with those purposely, um, without a doubt. Um, we do have, um, as we started to learn how to make disciples, it was really amongst Sikhs and Muslims mm. that we started to see great fruit. Um, straight away, they were the they were the low hanging fruit for us, and we started to 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 see uh, with uh, Indian Sikhs uh, deep hunger, and with um, um, uh, Muslims from uh, Egypt and from Iran. Of, mm. of course, we know God is moving powerfully in Iran, and yeah. Iranians around the world are turning to Christ. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to really. Um, uh, participate there, and we have people now set aside full time, just focusing on different people groups, catalyzing groups, discovery groups uh, amongst um, uh, different um, people groups. Um, yeah, 
you know, you, 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 when you're working among different people groups, you, uh, you, know, you use culture-specific stories, parables from the Bible, differently for Muslims, differently for Hindus. And, uh, yeah. Say something about that, yeah. Yeah. The same story doesn't work with the same group. <laughs> um, that, that's a big learn, actually. That is a big learn because um, some people look at disciple-making movements and there's the scripture list you know, from creation to Christ, yeah. which has been developed for North African uh, context uh, with, with Muslims. It has a lot of hooks there for a Muslim to go through because they know the prophets. So you're going through the stories that have the prophets and then you, you're ending up with Christ as the fulfillment of the prophets. But other cultures are totally different, and they don't have those hooks. And so you've really got to work out two fundamental things when you're focusing on a culture. You've got to, what are the bridges to Christ? What are the openness within that culture? What are the hooks that are there um, that, that will help people uh, see that spark of hunger to, be, to know Christ? And then you've got to know what are the barriers in that culture. Yeah. And you've got to then develop a scripture list that both works on the bridges and the barriers mm. that helps, helps that culture um, uh, come to Christ, basically. And, and, and so for, for the Aussie, uh, there are many bridges um, f- towards Christ, which is, a, which is actually about sacrifice and laying one's life down mm. and, and the helping of the poor and, and God's heart for everybody. The barriers are hypocrisy, religion, um, sex abuse, and Jesus has a lot to say about that as well. And, and so when you're creating stories for hungry people, you're really trying to do the bridging stories and then you really want to address the barriers that are stopping people coming to Christ. Now, we know some of those uh, issues are very clear in Islam, for example. Yeah. Um, what are the bridges and what are the barriers? Um, um, but in many cultures, I don't think people wrestle as much with, with what, what is the pathway for this person to come to Christ and understand who is he that claimed to be the word of God that walked amongst us and, and to be able to really embrace who is Christ and, and be totally sold out for him. So with our leaders, when they're talking about focusing on a certain people group or that we sit down and we take time with that person to say, we'll develop that discipleship pathway and then, and then work it. Go and, go and do it because you might think you have the answer. You do the scripture set and it falls flat. It's just, you know, you go, what happened? Next time you do it, it explodes with life and so much sparking. And you go, well, there's something there that, that really uh, I don't understand quite yet. Uh, and especially operating as outside leaders to inside leaders. Inside leaders are always faster, always faster. Uh, and that's both for the Western culture. So Aussie, white Aussies um, uh, uh, will, will automatically know what resonates in the heart and brings them to Christ. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, once uh, you conducted this big splash all over Australia, what was that like? What happened to that thing? We were looking for who wants to connect in the harvest and where do we start groups there. And so we, we just ran events and, and people came and, um, yeah, we train. Um, 
now we're, we're not as much training, but we are focusing on relational streams uh, because that's where we will see the most traction and fruit. We, we recognize where people are hungry, that's for workers and also from the harvest. Uh, we, we just focus on, on those places. And we, we don't recruit, we just let people discover us and find us. And, and they, they come in because of a spiritual hunger and what God is doing in that. And um, yeah, we, we're also deeply aware we're deeply aware that it's not about us and it's it's really uh, we are just a small pebble on God's big beach and uh, we want to work with everybody that just has a passion for movement um, we're not as we're not locked in as as hard and fast in methodologies um, um, we are you know, really um, we're, we're locked into fruit <laughs> we want to see fruit and we are willing to do change anything to see fruit yeah. uh, and do do that, that. So methodologies are not the primary driver. Let me just say one thing too. We focus on soil, not methodologies. Mm. So soil is what goes on in the heart of the leader. And yeah. what are they prayerful? Are they in the word? And are they in mission? Those three basic things that you're looking for deep relationship with God, a deep relationship with the word of God and a caring of God's heart for lost people. And those that, that's the soil through which we we see leaders develop. Yeah. The, the trunk becomes the character uh, of which the tree grows. The branches are the methods. The branches are, do we do discovery Bible study, or do we do this over here? The fruit is then what is what God produces. Yeah, yeah. So if we want to really produce fruit, we've got to focus on soil. And the soil is what is going on in the life of the leader. And that leader who, who wants to sacrifice and give everything for the gospel, that soil is, is more and more, I'm focusing on soil that, that produces. And we have methods and we focus on methods. They're tools, they're helpful, but they're not the main game. The main game is, is, is what's going on in the life of the leader so that they can become multiplying fruitful practitioners. Dave, Dave, as I see it from your talk, you're focusing on three things. You're focusing on the seed, culture specific, and you're focusing on the soil, preparing the soil, and you're focusing on the season, the right time, the right place, what works and what doesn't work. So seed, soil, and season, all three are important. Wonderful, wonderful, yeah. Yeah? (laughs) Good.